and we are live with another edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside once again by Andrew Johnson. Andrew, what a week 15 we just had in the National Football League. A lot of stuff went down, a lot of primetime games happened, some Saturday games, a very interesting Thursday night game, a wild finish last night on Monday Night Football. Teams are starting to clinch their playoff spots for this year's postseason, while other teams are starting to lose their opportunity of making the postseason this year. And we're starting to get a little bit more of a clearer picture in the you know overall scheme of things for the postseason, which is three weeks left in this NFL regular season. NFL regular season has been a good one. Uh, I feel like everything has been very good besides the quarterback play. Receivers, great. Tight end, great. Defense, fantastic. Quarterback play. Mediocre at best. It's been a weird year for quarterbacks. That's definitely for sure. Even the quote unquote good, even even the quote unquote good quarterbacks have been pretty terrible. Not gonna lie. Yeah, and you uh, like I said, there's a lot. There's been a lot of backups due to injuries or being benched. It's it's been a weird year. And but it says think, a lot when uh, when Brock Purdy is your MVP favorite after Week 14. Right, and after Week 15, it's still definitely the case as well. The Niners had another great showing. This past week against the Arizona Cardinals, they're still on the front of things, and they right now look like to be the team to beat in the entire NFL world as to winning the Super Bowl this year. So still time to tell. They have a very good game coming up this week on Monday Night Football in Week 16. But before we can look into Week 16, we have to go back into Week 15 and what went down. And it all started with this Thursday night game, Johnson. The Chargers and Raiders, and let's face facts, we had no expectations for this game. And with right doing so, these two teams uh, having a rough year. The Raiders fired Josh McDaniels earlier in the season. The Chargers have been going through some hellish couple of weeks. And this was that without Justin Herbert in this game. Keenan Allen didn't play. The Raiders didn't have Josh Jacobs. There was a lot of missing key players in this game. And yet, there was some uh, fireworks in this game, considering the amount of points that the Raiders put up in this one. And to think, Johnson, just four days before, this Raiders team put up zero points in their loss to the Minnesota Vikings. They go from that to a 63-point performance against the Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday Night Football to still keep themselves alive in the AFC wildcard race. Yeah, it's like a thing. Uh, when you're gambling, you say people usually say, oh, well, I'm due. I'm like, and this, they were due, trust me, to put up an offensive explosion. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Pierce? Yeah, I believe the, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I second guess myself there. He's done an excellent job with this Raiders team. And like you said, they do get the victory. It's a 60 point blowout. And I hope they don't make the same mistake like they did of Rich Bisaki a couple of years ago uh, when the yeah. interim head coach did such a good job bringing this, bringing this team back from the, the depths of hell earlier in the year and to make them competitive and even have a chance at a playoff berth. And I, I would really, it would really sting to see him get fired. You ho- I hope they learn from their mistake. Well, the Raiders will have a lot to do if they want to make the postseason. And we'll talk about what each team is right now currently looking at when it comes to the playoff race later on in the show. But this was a a win that they really needed after that um, a tough defeat against the Vikings in which they could have easily won and they just could not get it done in terms of scoring points. But I think when you look at it, you have to look at the other side of the field of what went down for the the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Down 42-0 at halftime. Brian Staley... You could just tell had lost the locker room already, go even before this game started. And I think he lost the locker room after like week five, to be honest with you. Probably. 
And they put up that performance in the first half. They end up scoring 21 points in the second half, but they still lose by 42 points. The final of this game being 63-21. to And for Charger fans, they have been wanting for this, you know, this to happen. Uh, you know, Brandon Staley finally getting his comeuppance and finally looking like a really bad head coach. And this, they've been looking for a reason to get rid, get rid of him. Remember, Johnson. Let's think about Brandon Staley's history with this team. So his first year as the head coach, the infamous final game with the Raiders, he calls the timeout in overtime in a game where if they tie with Vegas. They both get into the postseason. He calls the timeout. Raiders kick the field goal. Chargers miss the playoffs. And the Steelers sneak in because of it. Then the year, then you go into last season. They make the playoffs. They go up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have a 27-point lead in that game. And they lose that game to Jacksonville on a last-second field goal. And then you go into this season. A lot of things going wrong. The defense is looking really bad. Um, you had Herbert going down with an injury before this game, the week before, and then they get put up, they get up 63 points to the Vegas Raiders, who, like I said, had scored zero points just four days prior. And because of that, the Chargers had no choice. They fired Brandon Staley. They also fired GM Tom Telesco. So both are now gone with the franchise. The Chargers will be making some key offseason moves this offseason, getting a new head coach and a new GM and possibly new coaches as well, maybe some overall personnel player movement as well in terms of what players they might cut. Because remember, they're in a situation where Austin Eckler is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. They'll probably have to shed some salary cap along the way as well. But overall, the Chargers, they might have lost this game, but maybe for their for their fans, that maybe the future is bright now that Staley is no longer there. But this kind of reminded me what happened last season with the Broncos in which they got dismantled on Christmas. They fired Nathaniel Hackett the next day. And I guess for the better or the worse, the Broncos have gotten somewhat better from that situation. But now the Chargers are hoping for the same. Yeah, Christmas came early for every Chargers fan. And Brandon Stidley found out he'd be getting nothing but coal this year for Christmas. So mutually beneficial yeah. on both sides. At least Brandon Stidley can enjoy that buyout money in Las Vegas. I hope he's having a grand old time. Yeah, it's been... um. It was definitely a tenure, I could say that. Um, he was one of the know. football coaches. He was definitely one of the football coaches. It's gonna be a, they're gonna listen. They're gonna be an attractive job just because of what they have on their team. They have some good young players still, and still some good veterans on that defense. Even though it's been a rough year for the defense, and as long as you still have Justin Herbert, fan, you know there will be coaches that would maybe want to go there next season to coach this team. But other than that, Chargers are just continuing to be a franchise that can't get over the hump. And with that being said, let's talk about teams that can get over the hump, and let's talk about that crazy come-from-behind victory for Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, think about this scenario. They were down 17-3 late in the third quarter, and they it looked like they were done. They could not do anything against this Vikings defense. And to the Vikings defense credit, I mean, you got to give Brian Flores a – Round of applause for what he's done defensively for the Vikings this season. He's done a really good job at keeping the Vikings in the hunt for a playoff spot, despite the fact that they're on their fourth quarterback of the season offensively. Nick Mullins got the start in this one. He had a very up-and-down game. He had uh, 303 yards and two touchdowns, also had two big interceptions. And Jake Browning, this was really a revenge game for him. If you don't know, Johnson, Jake Browning was on the Vikings at one point and got Should cut by the him. And, they, and he said it even after the game ended. He said they should have never cut him. 
I think three times they cut him, if I'm not mistaken, too. And Brownie put up another good, strong performance. First half was really, you know, nothing the Bengals could have done offensively. A big fourth quarter was got them back into the game. T. Higgins caught a, a touchdown that I'm still in amazement that he, he was able to even grab that ball and maybe get the extension just to get that touchdown to tie the game and send it to overtime. The Vikings had a chance to get the game-winning field goal. They had a situation in which they had third and inches. Couldn't get a QB sneak on that play. They ran the exact same play on fourth and inches and couldn't get that as well. Bengals drove down the field, kicked the game-winning field goal, and they stay alive in the playoff race, 8-6 and six on the season. And, Johnson, if the season ended today, they would be in the playoffs. So this is a team that we kind of wrote off a couple weeks ago after the Joe Burrow injury. And with Jake Browning's play these last couple weeks, the Bengals right now, if the season ended today, could be in the postseason. So you got to give your hats off to not only him, but for a guy that I've really criticized the last couple of years, Zach Taylor, he's got this team in position to maybe make the postseason once again. Yeah, it's not like the Brandon Staley situation. He's been doing an excellent job all year. And you just have to really tip your cap because his whole thing was, well, if his team wasn't that talented, if he didn't have Joe Burrow, et cetera, et cetera, he wouldn't be this good. And he's proven us all wrong right now. So you just got to really – you got to hand it to him. And I think for the Vikings side of it also, they lose this game, but – they are still in the playoff race. They still hold one of the last wild card spots in the NFC. So all not as lost for Minnesota right now on the season, but just a, a really tough defeat in this game, which it looked like they were going to win and pick up their eighth win of the season and stay alive in the NFC North race. And now the Vikings' only hope of winning the NFC North is they have to win out and they need the Detroit Lions to lose out. So the Lions will need a, the Vikings will need a lot of work in order for that to get done. And for the wild card race itself, they right now have a 7-7 seven seven record. They hold a wild card spot, but you still have the Seahawks and the Saints and the Falcons, Packers, even my Giants, I guess, are also still in the mix of it. But there's a lot of teams in the NFC that can vie for one of those final two wild card spots. And the Vikings will have to try to pick it up from here. They have a tough game coming up this Sunday against Detroit. Well, I'd love to see how the end of the season and I guess the rest of the season plays out for them because they're in the driver's seat. They control their own destiny. And I don't think they're going to win the uh, win the AFC North, but... AFC North, but I know what you mean. Uh, NFC North, excuse me. Uh, it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how the uh, rest of the season plays out. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll preview uh, these teams and what they have remaining because obviously, we, as we mentioned, there's only three games left in the season, so... These teams control their destiny. They obviously need, will need some help along the way as well. But for the Vikings, like I said, it's been tough. You ha- you're on your fourth quarterback of the season after Kirk Cousins went down. Then you had Jared Hall Rich go down. Josh Dobbs had to start at one point. He struggled the last couple of games. Now it's Nick Mullins' team, and it's up to Nick Mullins to get them into the postseason. What a world we live in. Nick Mullins is going to lead the Vikings to the postseason. Probably not, but who knows. And the same could be said for the next game that we're talking about because this is another game in which both of these two starting teams' quarterbacks both are currently injured, and they're both still in the playoff race as a, as a whole as the Steelers went into Indianapolis to take on the Indianapolis Colts. And let's face facts. This game, early on, the Steelers were controlling most of this first half before the Colts scored a late touchdown going into the halftime to take a 14-13 lead, and the Colts would pretty much dominate the second half of this one. They went in by a final of 30-13. to this is a game, Johnson, in which the Colts pretty much just ran the football down the Steelers' throat. They couldn't stop the running game. Even when Zach, Zach Moss got injured, 
There was still no Jonathan Taylor for the Colts as well. Gardner Mitchell threw, threw three touchdowns in this game, even despite the fact that Michael Pittman got injured also in this game. So the Colts were pretty much down. Their top two playmakers on offense, but their defense did a great job in this one. They forced two interceptions on Mitch Trubisky, and they forced the Steelers to make a late change of quarterback to Mason Rudolph. Rudolph will be starting this week for the Steelers against the Cincinnati Bengals, so that's something to note up for Pittsburgh because the Steelers right now, they're 7-7. Seven seven. They're one game out of that final wildcard spot. And for the Colts, they right now hold that last wildcard spot in the AFC. So great job by Shane Steichen and Gardner Minshew. They've kept this team alive, and they're 8-6 and six now going into Week 16. And I think really summed it up uh, perfectly. The only thing I will add here is I think I've been a big advocate of Mason Rudolph since he got drafted. I'm, I'm sure you know this, but mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what he can do. I want to see him get the Steelers to the playoffs. I want to see I want to see, because remember we're a year removed from him being an absolute laughing stock in this league. Not even. Uh the whole you know my, him the situation with Miles Garrett going back a couple, yeah, of years, a couple ago. years ago, yeah. Um I'm I'm excited. I think he, listen, I think he'll have a great game and I'm excited to see what he can do. Well, it's make or break. This is pretty the Steelers season's on the line this Saturday. They play the Bengals. It's a, it's basically this. If the Steelers lose this game, they're out of the playoffs. I don't think they have a chance to make the postseason. If they could sneak out a win against a red-hot Bengals team, they're still alive. So it's pretty much um, you're saving your season if you win this game on Saturday, if you're Pittsburgh. Yeah, I would say that's an accurate depiction. And then we had our final game on the Saturday slate. As we had three games this past Saturday. The last one being the Denver Broncos going into Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions. Early on, it looked like we were going to have a lot of points in this game. with scoreless going into the second quarter. That's when the Lions would start to pick things up. They just put up 21 points in that second quarter, and they dominated this game overall. Jared Goff threw five touchdowns. Jameer Gibbs had 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. David Montgomery added 85 yards as well rushing. Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, big games for them. St. Brown had 112 yards and a touchdown. Laporta had three touchdowns in this game. And Johnson, you know one of those last ones I was going wild over. Well, I won't say why, but you know the reasoning for it. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> I know. It was a, it was a very uh, up and down night for both of us on Saturday uh, for this game. But a big win for Detroit. They now go to 10-4 and four on the season. They still have a chance to get the home field advantage in the NFC standings. Denver, with a brutal loss, now drops to 7-7. Seven and seven. One game back of that final wild card spot in the AFC. And for Detroit Johnson, a fun stat about them going into their game this uh, co- upcoming week against the Vikings. If they win this game, they clinch the NFC North, and it will be the first time in franchise history that they do clinch this division. They have never clinched the NFC North. They've only clinched the NFC Central, which is what the division used to be called a couple, uh, a while, a couple decades ago. So Yeah, the last the time push- Vikings were this good, um, excuse me, Vikings, the Lions were this good. You should probably say the same for the Vikings, too. Yeah. Uh, Crime was at an all-time low in Detroit. So <laughs> crime is also now at a 60-year low in Detroit. Right. Uh, so please, Lions, keep it up. The Lions, listen, this was a game in which we went into it where the Lions were struggling. We thought Denver maybe would give them a run for their money, but that was not the case. It was a rough first half offensively for the Broncos. It didn't get any better in the second half. And the Lions, they played a great offensive game overall. They needed this type of a game to get back some momentum for them. and. Like I said, they have a chance to win the division this week, and they still have a chance to get that top overall seat in the NFC 
They'll still need San Francisco to lose maybe a game or two to have a chance, and they'll have to win out, obviously. But the Lions now 10-4 and and one step closer to a division spot. Don't you just love football? Gotta love it. But I know what you loved this past uh, Sunday, so now we'll go into the Sunday slate. Joe Flacco did it again. I, Joe Leap. He did it again. I can't. I gotta give him his props. He did have a rough overall game up until rough the first fourth, half. Yeah, very rough first half. He had three interceptions. Rough Forty overall. minutes, you know. Yeah, but he got the job done. That's what's important. I he, will say, I didn't mean to cut you off. I will say that touchdown to Amari Cooper, probably one of the best throwing balls I've seen in a while. That was a very you know closed window that he had to throw that ball into to get it to Cooper, and he got it in between like three defenders. So I will give him that. Yeah, no, Joe Flacco's been a little bit of a pick machine, but he's rusty. He's had, you know, a year off of football. He's 38 years old. But like I said, that spiral is just fantastic to watch. It's like watching art develop in real time. And think about this game overall as a whole. The Browns get a huge win to go to 9-5. They beat the Bears 20-17. to And they still have a chance, Johnson, to not only make a playoff spot, but they can still clinch the division. They still have a chance to beat Baltimore and get the division, and maybe even get the top overall seat in the AFC. They're still not out of it just yet. Obviously, they'll have some. They'll have to pick up some games here and there. A crucial game this week uh, against the Houston Texans, who are also in a playoff spot uh, positioning as well. But on the other side of things for Chicago, this is a brutal loss because if they win this game, they go to six and eight in the season, and they're one game out of a wild card spot in the NFC, and they had a chance to win it at the end. A Hail Mary attempt for Justin Fields down the field. Ball got tipped. Darnell Mooney had it in his hands, but lost control of it, and it led to an interception off the deflection to give Cleveland the big win, 20-17. As I mentioned, they now go to 9-5. The Bears fall to 5-9. and nine. They're still technically not eliminated from the playoffs just yet, but they can be eliminated this upcoming Sunday uh, due to a couple scenarios. They're two games out of that last wildcard spot. So a rough break for Chicago even though they still have right now the potential to get the number one overall pick in this year's NFL draft thanks to the Carolina trade. But Cleveland, big win for them, staying alive in the wildcard race. And uh, like I mentioned, a huge game coming up with Houston Sunday in Houston. So the Texans and Browns should be a fun one. Yeah, it's a battle of backup quarterbacks, but I have a feeling that It could be CJ Stroud. I mean, yeah, they haven't ruled him out yet, but I feel like it's it's unlikely at this point. But we'll see. Well, the reason that you brought that up is because C.J. Stroud did not start this past Sunday, and that was the game against the Tennessee Titans, even though they were wearing their Oiler jerseys for this game, maybe trying to rub the, the uh, salt into the wound. I, of I will say Houston that is fans. pretty tasteless. Uh, Tennessee yeah. has nothing to do with oil. It has nothing to do with the history of that franchise. Just give Houston the name, image, and likeness of all their – give them their trademarks back. Tennessee has no recollection of that. It's it's dumb. It's toxic. Like I will say, if the Seattle Supersonics ever come back, or if a team ever comes back to Seattle, the Oklahoma City Thunder should forfeit all that history back to Seattle. That, that's neither here nor there. Maybe. Maybe. But think about this game, Johnson, for both of these teams. I mean, the Titans still were technically alive in the wild card race, and they needed to win to stay alive in it as well. The Texans, obviously, with no C.J. Stroud, Went to an interesting start at quarterback. Originally thought it was going to be Davis Mills. They went to veteran Case Keenum. And Case Keenum, to his credit, a big second half for Houston. Because remember, they went into the half trailing 13-3. They couldn't get anything going offensively. 
But in the second half is where they got things going. Keenum was able to get a touchdown pass in the fourth quarter to tie the game at 16. And Devin Singletary pretty much took over the second half for Houston. He ran for 121 yards in this game. Almost got the game when he touched down in overtime. Did get called back due to a holding call. Kyamie Fairbanks' first game back from injury. He kicks the game-winning field goal to get the Texans a much-needed win, 19-16, over the Titans. Not only eliminating the Titans from playoff contention, but giving the Texans still some hope. Because right now, they are on the outside looking in of the wild-card race, but they're still tied with the Colts for that final, or also the Cincinnati Bengals, I should say, too. They're tied with both of those teams for one of those last wild-card spots in the AFC. So the Texans, this is a big win for them keeping themselves alive in the AFC playoff picture. So D'Amico Ryans continues to improve himself and most likely is going to win coach of the year this year. Yeah, it's really been a great story for him. It's an excellent story. No one really saw this coming. Uh, I, I don't like, I don't really, I don't, I don't have much to say for D'Amico Ryan. He's probably gonna be coach of the year. Has to be. I, I can't think of another coach that's done a better job than him because given it's... the situation that the Texans we're not supposed to be this good. And in addition to that, in addition to that, I would say it's overachieving him. still without CJ Stroud. So I, I would give it right. to Nico. I would say it's either him or Shane Steichen from the Colts. I think one of those two guys deserve it because those were two teams that were drafting high in the NFL draft last season. And they're both right now eight and six. And believe it or not, Johnson, they can, one of those two teams can win the division because it coincides with what would happen on Sunday night football, which we'll get into in a little bit. But those two teams have a chance to win the AFC South as well. So there's a potential that two teams from that division make the postseason this year. And only time will tell. We'll find out pretty soon, Val. But let's talk about the next game and a game that I enjoyed very much. I know you didn't enjoy it as much, but I enjoyed what happened in this one. The Buffalo Bills with a dismantling of the Dallas Cowboys in Orchard Park this week. 31-10 Buffalo gets the win in a game, Johnson, where... It kind of seemed like the apocalypse happened. The Bills did not beat the Cowboys due to them throwing the football with Josh Allen. They beat them on the ground. James Cook, 179 yards rushing in this one, had a a receiving and a rushing touchdown. Josh Allen threw for 94 yards in this game, did not have to do much to give the Bills the win. Their defense was very, very good in this one. Dak and company could not get anything going. They could not run the football. Dak had an interception and got sacked three times. And the Bills are picking up momentum right now going into these final couple weeks of the season. They are still on the outside looking in as in terms of the wild card race. But this is a big win right now. And it really says says a lot of things of what's happening this last couple weeks since they made the change at offensive coordinator. Yeah, listen, uh, I this being, I will say this victory doesn't mean much and now. You know, salty Patriots fan or whatever, but like, listen, it happened in extreme weather. Uh, anything goes in extreme weather games, and you don't believe me. Uh, Max Jones beat the Bills in extreme weather game two years ago because of a similar situation. Um, I'm not going to read much into this yet. I know as much as you enjoyed this, Nick. I'm not going to read it. Well, obviously, I if anything, the, into this, I enjoyed it for the sheer fact that it was the Cowboys that got it was the oh yeah listen I, I I get it I 100% understand but you know I, I just don't, see, I think, I don't I'm not reading much into it yet I think this is only big for Buffalo because as I mentioned they're tied for one of those last wild card spots they're not in the playoffs if the season ended today so they still need to get some work done in these last couple of weeks of the season they have a primetime game upcoming this week in a game which 
If they lose, that's pretty much the season. They have to win this game. Um, it's a winnable game for sure. And you look at the grand scheme of things, they could still win the AFC East as well. They're only two games back of Miami, and those two teams play in the final week of the season. So there is still a chance for Buffalo to win the division. And for the Cowboys, on their perspective, uh, they lose this game. They're now one game back of San Francisco in the overall record for the NFC and trying to get that bye week in the playoffs. But they are still not as you know down bad as after what happened on Monday Night Football, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So the Cowboys still have a good chance. They still clinch a playoff spot despite the loss this week. So they are going to be back in the playoffs this year. And who knows what happens this year. It's been a crazy year for football. I guess anything is possible. Hopefully, for my case, it doesn't lead to Dallas doing anything in the playoffs once again. But, Johnson, we had our last game of the week, and that was Sunday Night Football between the Baltimore Ravens and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I don't know what's going on with Jacksonville these last couple weeks. Uh, I think this th- th- this team is starting to play not good. Fo- I mean, they've lost three in a row now. And the way they lose this game is really bad because terrible clock management at the end of the first half cost them points. It cost them a chance to go down one possession going into the half. Trevor Lawrence got injured late in this game. He has a concussion. There is a strong possibility he could miss this week for the Jaguars. So that's big considering they have an interesting game coming up on Sunday. And as I mentioned earlier on, they're now in a tie for first place in the AFC South with Houston and Indianapolis for the division. So we were talking about the Jaguars a couple weeks ago being a team that could potentially get the best record in the AFC. And now with this three-game losing streak, there's pretty much no chance they can get it. And now there's a potential that they could miss the entire playoffs as a whole. Yeah, I'm not going to read uh, I've said this a lot today. I'm not going to read much in the this as well. They play Baltimore. I I think we could all agree that Baltimore was the clear favorite coming into this game. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore seems we, to be the clear favorite in the AFC right now. Yeah, I know we didn't really pick this game. Um, I think we did pick this game. I, I picked the Jacks we, to cover. We did. I we picked them to win. I picked the over. That obviously did not work. Yeah, I mean, this team will figure it out. I know they have a, I don't want to say a gauntlet at the end of the year, but the Texans are still without Stroud. They're, they're due for a win or two. I think they'll finish the Olympic limp into the playoffs, maybe get 10 wins. If if you look at their schedule the last three weeks, it's very winnable. So that that's a good thing going for them. Yeah, like, uh, do you want to go over their schedule really quick for the, we could, uh, for the listeners? We could, we could go over the schedule when we do the uh, playoff picture before we go into the Mushing Hour. We'll talk about oh. the Monday Night Football game, and then we'll go right into that. Okay, that's beautiful. That works with me. And what a Monday Night Football game we had between the Seahawks and the Eagles. And this was a game, let's face facts. We went into this one thing, and the Eagles had uh, Seahawks. Excuse me, had no chance. They were losers of four straight. They didn't have Geno Smith once again, even though he was cleared for the game. They went with Drew Locke once again, and the Eagles they needed something to get going because their last couple of games have been brutal: a blowout to the Niners, a blowout to the Cowboys. So they were trying to keep alive. And considering the Dallas loss, if the Eagles win this game, they go back into first place in the NFC East and. They have a tie record once again with San Francisco, but they just did not play fat out, flat out good in this one. Um, Jalen Hurts had two interceptions, both coming in the late stages of the fourth quarter, both to former uh, New York Giants quarterback Julian Love. Thank you, Julian, for once again screwing over the Eagles, even though that didn't really happen much in real life for me. But you know what I'm getting yeah, at. I mean, this was, this was more than controversy, though. We can't just gloss over this. 
What was the uh, con- was it the first interception? It was the interception where it, where it touched the ground. Where which the last pick? Yeah, the last pick. I didn't see that. You didn't see that? It touched I, the ground. There was controversy on the first pick because Julian Love held and it was clear holding, so that should have never been an interception. It I'm surprised you didn't see it. So at, at least in some Twitter spaces, uh, beat Eagles, Cowboys, whatever, uh, Eagles, Cowboys, NFC East. Uh, NFL Twitter in general, whatever it is, there's controversy on that last pick because they're saying he it came out, mm. and I'm, I'm going to tend to agree with that. You have to look at the film yourself, but uh, have, I don't, fi- I don't think it was a cl- I don't think it was a clean pick. You have to well, look at it. I think the biggest issue for the Eagles is is that that last drive, even if it was a pick or not, it was bad clock management because. They had, yes, there was only 28 seconds left in the fourth quarter. And let's give Drew Locke credit because that was a great last uh, last drive. drive. A 92-yard drive down the field. Had some unbelievable plays along the drive. DK Metcalf had a third and 10 conversion in which he pretty much mossed two defenders. Then you had another third and 10 in which Drew Locke threw a beautiful ball to Jackson Smith and Jigba for the go-ahead touchdown. And they did it in just a minute and 24 seconds. So that's a great job by Seattle. But the Eagles had 28 seconds to go down the field with all three timeouts to just kick the game-time field goal and to send it into overtime. And for some reason, on that final play in which the interception happened, they went with a deep ball. And it really made no sense because they didn't have to go for the deep ball. They were pretty much outside the 50-yard line. They only needed a few more yards, and they would have been in field goal range for Jake Elliott. But instead, they went for the deep shot. The interception happens. Whether it, it was a pick or not, who knows. And the Seahawks... They end that four-game losing streak, and they save their season with the win. Now going to seven to seven, they are still on the outside looking in as as a whole as the wild card picture goes along in the NFC. But for the Eagles, this is now their third straight loss, and there's now starting to be some panic times for the Eagles. Now they do play the Giants this week. You, for if you're an Eagle fan, you're hoping that's a good bounce back game for them. Hopefully, for my sake, maybe the Giants can pull off the biggest Christmas miracle of all time, in my opinion. But as a whole, for this game, I mean, the Eagles had a lot of opportunities to pretty much ice this one and win and get back into first place in the NFC East, and they just collapsed in this one and gave the Seahawks a much-needed win to save their season. It's, they all remind me a lot of the 11-0 Steelers from a couple of years ago. That is not good territory. Because remember, also, Matt Patricia now is also starting to call plays on the defensive side for this team. So the Eagles have been making some personnel changes the last couple of weeks as well. Well, Matt Patricia Inc. isn't your solution. I can I can guarantee that uh, one. I know. I, yeah, you would. If anyone would know, it'd be you from experience. Offense, defense, living, uh, just general life uh, advice. <laughs> I I would avoid it. So we we wanted to talk about this a few minutes ago. Now let's get into the entire playoff picture as a whole. Now, right now, the only teams that have clinched a playoff spot are Baltimore in the AFC, and then the NFC it's San Francisco, Dallas, and Philadelphia. The Ravens have a chance to still get the um, – right now have the uh, have the best record in the AFC. And they haven't clinched anything yet because they still have to win one or two games to get that home field advantage. A big game this week for them. They face the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football on Christmas night. So you got a matchup between the top two teams in the NFL right now in terms of record-wise going along. That will be great and fun for that one. But for the Ravens also, they're still trying to clinch their division. They have a two-game lead on Cleveland. Their last three games are San Francisco, Miami, and Pittsburgh. 
So not really necessarily easy games for the Ravens coming up, considering they also lost to the Steelers earlier on in the season. So for Baltimore, they still have some work to get done, and the teams behind them still have a chance. Miami is 10-4. and They play Dallas this upcoming week. We talked about how they play the Eagle, um, excuse me, the Bills in the final week of the season. That could potentially be for the division title. And who knows what happens with this team? Because when it comes December, the Dolphins seem to struggle a lot. And you looked at the schedule, Johnson. Dallas this week, New Year's Eve at Baltimore, and then the Bills game to end the season in Miami. There's still a chance Miami could potentially not only not win the division maybe even miss the entire playoffs as a whole. If that was the case, this would be a collapse of epic proportions. I can remember the last time you would see a collapse like this in any sport. It would be really bad if that happens. Yeah, I mean, this is beyond bad. This would be this would be historically bad. Yeah. This isn't like, oh, run of him out. Oh, you know what happens. Like, no, this is like you have a 99% chance to make the playoffs. Oh, by the way, you're not making the playoffs. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's the uh, season we've had right now, and I think the biggest, uh, last thing we have to look at for in terms of the AFC, look at the wild card race. There are a lot of teams right now in the picture. Jacksonville right now leads the AFC South, but as I mentioned, they're in a three way tie for the division. So there's a p- potential that they could miss the playoffs. We spoke about what their final three games of the season they have left. Now. We should talk about what the two teams that are tied with them also have these last couple of weeks of the season because the Texans and Colts have a realistic shot of sneaking on and in in winning this division and knocking Jacksonville out. The Texans have Cleveland coming up this week. Then they play the Titans. And the final week of the season, they play the Colts. And Johnson, that very well could be for not only a playoff spot, but maybe could be for the entire AFC South division. It's that. I'm getting nervous for these teams now because one of these teams, a historic meltdown is going to come for one of these teams. I just don't know which one it is yet. Yeah. And for the Colts, they have the Falcons this week, then the Raiders, and then that Texans game. So the the Colts have winnable I feel games like it's, coming up. It's going to be crazy because it's going to be a combination of a, 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 come, a come from behind streak of games, which one team wins, and another team is going to just be on a losing streak, which they can't shake. It reminds me of those old Andy Reid teams. That'd be like you know seven and two, and then they'd collapse and not make the playoffs. And I used to be a fan of those because they were mostly with the Eagles, mm-hmm. and um, with the Chiefs for some of it. And before they got Patrick Mahomes, right, who saved his career and his livelihood and legacy. <sighs> I'm not going to that. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, as I mentioned, play the Texans this week. They currently hold a wild card spot. Still have a chance at the division in the AFC North. Then they play the Jets on Thursday night, and then they play at the Bengals. So. The Browns still have some very tough games coming up for them if they want to make a postseason spot. And I know Joe Flacco definitely will, will like to get one more chance at a Super Bowl ring if he can get Cleveland into the playoffs as well. Um, I know for you, you yourself, you would love to see that as well happen. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, as I mentioned, they currently are on the outside looking in for the wild card race. But they have been playing some good football, and you have to believe you're a Bills fan that that gives you some confidence. Their last three games, they're at the Chargers on on Saturday. Then they play the Patriots on New Year's Eve. And then they go to Miami, which could potentially be for the AFC East division. So the Bills still need some work to get done, and they will also need some help along the way. 
Um, do they get the I help? I don't. I don't know if they get the help. Well, I figure it is the Colts and Texans most likely might cancel each other out because of the wild card, right? Um, so that I feel like that would cancel one of one of those two, and it really depends on what happens with. Um, I would say Cincinnati. Do they keep playing this way with Jake Browning at quarterback? Remember, they did just lose Jamar Chase as well, so that's a big blow also to their offense. And they still have to play the Chiefs. Their other two games are very winnable, so the Bengals still have a chance. But there's still a possibility they could miss the playoffs. And that, like you said, some team is going to miss out on an opportunity because one or two things are not going to go their way. And it's unfortunately going to cost them a playoff spot for the, in, the in, AFC this year. In my in my opinion, I don't think the Steelers are going to beat them twice. And this may There's be a spoiler no for, for the mushing hour. So I think the Bengals, at worst, will finish 9-7. and seven. I think they're locked in to, so at very worst, 9-7. 9-8, seven. Seven. Uh, excuse I know, me. It, it used to be 9-7. used to be 9-7. So I think they're a 9-win ter- nine win team at the very worst, which would probably put them in, in the playoffs. Uh, again, it, ten wins would probably secure it, but nine wins probably get you in the playoffs. I, I think you might see. I don't know. I think ten wins. I think is going to have to do it in the AFC. Yeah, no, no. I, I ten wins. I'm saying will guarantee you for playoffs. Like if you win ten games, you're going to make the playoffs. I don't know if nine wins are going to get you in the playoffs this year. Nine wins AFC. should get you in the playoffs. It should, but I don't know if it will. I, I, it, you got to look. You got to look. You got to assume Cleveland has this locked up. You would hope if you're a Browns fan, you're hoping because you've they're been winning able to... one game against the Texans, Jets, and Bengals. They're winning one of those games, so you gotta assume Cleveland has it all but locked up. It would be that would be one hell of a meltdown for them to blow a multi-game lead in the, not only for the playoffs for the number like the five seed, but to not even make it in at all this late in the season. That'd be historically mind, bad. They only have a one-game lead on that final on one of those final wild card spots. Yeah, I'm aware, but they're playing these teams. They control their own destiny. They play the Texans, that, right? They play the, the Bengals. So, like, that's what I'm Texans. saying. Like, if they lose to both the Bengals and the Texans, they lose the they do they lose the tiebreaker at that point. Yeah. So, like, it would like I said, you're literally playing for your playoff life. You're you yeah. exactly what you said. You control your own destiny. But if they they could, here's the thing, they could probably lose to both the Bengals and the Texans and beat the Jets. And make the playoffs. And that might, ten and wins. That might, and that might get them in. Absolutely. It's yeah. Possible. So ten wins is the. I think ten. Ten is the magic number that secures it, and nine wins probably gets you in. Uh, someone is going to miss out on the AFC, and considering what's going on in the NFC, it's tough because those teams most like because you look at some of the the teams missing out on the AFC wild card race right now. Those teams would be a, a wild card in the NFC right now. What I will say is the Bills should the Bills should get ten wins. They should beat the Chargers and the tanking Patriots, uh, but I I don't know. But it was funny. It would the be, last it, game listen, with Miami is gonna be tough. It, it's gonna be hell. Like, listen, that gets the regardless. The last game against Miami, they win the next two. They're in. That's it. Those those wins against the Cowboys so and Chiefs. Those wins against the Cowboys and Chiefs are going to pay huge dividends down the line. Like, you, like those were the two games they had to win because if they didn't win those games. They'd be six and eight right now, and they'd be done. Right. They didn't blow that game against Denver a couple weeks ago. They they'd be nine and five and they'd be fine right now. But yeah, that, and that's why we had to talk when they blew that game against Denver. Like they had to play the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Yeah, and that's why it was getting so scary because like listen, you had a gift here and and you kind of blew it. But it, now that's kind of water under the bridge unless they 
blow to the, a tanking Chargers team at this point and the tanking Patriots team because I don't think they'll beat the Dolphins unless uh, unless something mm-hmm. horrific happens to them. I mean, you don't, you don't usually beat a team twice in your own division uh, one season. Um, unless you have a Jets in, in, in New England. That Patriots, happens. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, it's, oh, it's also going into Miami. Keep in mind, remember, the Bills beat them in Buffalo, and that was after the Dolphins put up 70 against the Broncos. And the Bills, I think, in that game put up forty something on the on the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm, so I'm aware of that. I'll, revenge. I'll, I'll put it. I'll, I'll chalk that up to just. Um, I'm, I'm gonna chalk that up to the, they used up all their touchdowns the week before, and that's a real thing. Yeah, the regression to the mean is a real thing. Now, going into the NFC picture, now you look at San Francisco. They right now have the first. You know, they have the lead in the standings for the overall record. They have Baltimore coming up this week on Monday Night Football. Then they're at Washington, and then they're home against the Rams. You would tend to think San Francisco most likely, considering they've already beaten the Eagles and the Cowboys, um, you would tend to think that San Francisco is going to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs in the NFC. There's still a chance maybe they don't, but I don't see them losing two games in their final three. Uh, Probably not. But here's the, here's the interesting thing to me. With uh, I know we're talking about San Francisco right now. We'll talk about a little bit uh, uh, some different things. I think it's still very possible that the Detroit Lions don't win the division. You think I they think could lose out? I think they could lose out. Is it really wild for me to say that they blow two games against the Vikings and they lose to the Cowboys? Is that really that wild of a statement? I could see them losing to the Cowboys. I cannot you can, you see can them tell losing. Me, you, you can tell me now. You can tell me now. I can't see them losing two games. I could see a scenario. I'll tell you this. I could see the scenario in which week 18 is for the division. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I could see that. I could see that. And if that's the um, case, then, yeah, they could definitely lose out. If week 18 is for the division, like you just said, it's very possible. Do I think now, it's going to happen? Probably not, but now you it's have a possibility. To keep mind, now, you have to keep in mind, for the for the Vikings, the game in between those two Lions games for them is the Packers. And the Packers, they are all in right now. They have no choice. They, they are one game out of the wild card. They need to win these games if – they want to make the postseason this year. And the Packers right now, you would think they you, – I mean, if you're a Packer fan, you're hoping you beat the Panthers this week. Carolina did just get their second win the season, but the Packers lose that game. The season's over. They have no chance to make the playoffs. They have to beat Carolina this week. They even have a hope. And then they also have the Bears and the Vikings, as I mentioned. So Packers still have some, some life. But the, I could see that scenario that you're bringing up. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. So I will say for the NFC, my magic number for the AFC was 10. 10 wins and you um, guarantee yourself a playoff uh, spot. I'm going to say 9, given the yeah. uh, the playoff scenarios and given the uh, the different uh, the matchups and that you know these teams are going to cannibalize each other. The magic number is 9 for the NFC. 9 wins will guarantee yourself in the playoffs. Like if the Packers win out, count them in the playoffs. Well, look at the N- NFC right now as a whole. You look at right now what's going on. We've, As I mentioned, three teams have clinched. That being the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Eagles. Eagles, the Cowboys, they are still fighting it out for the division. So who knows who comes out on top of that. The Eagles have to play the Giants twice. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who they play in between the Giants game. Um, who was that team? I saw it a second ago. It is the Cardinals. So if you're the Eagles, these are three winnable games. If you want to clinch the division and – potentially still have a chance to get home field advantage, but I don't see that being, I don't see that being very likely Um, for the Cowboys. We mentioned it. They have to, they have a tough schedule these last three weeks. 
They have the Dolphins and then the Lions the next two weeks. They should beat the Commanders the final week of the season. But those next two games are very, very big for them. If they want to have a chance to consider who the Eagles play their last three, the Cowboys very much could well be in a situation where they might have blown out the Eagles the last time these two teams played, but they might just miss out on the division and be a wild card and face the NFC South division winner. I mean, listen, at this point, um, between Eagles-Cowboys, the division means so much because the winner doesn't have to play for San Francisco 49ers because we all know that they're going to beat the, the four seed of that the of whoever the NFC South sends, they're going to destroy that four seed. So and, really they're playing for not to play the Niners in the second round. And let's talk about the NFC South right now. Tampa Bay still leads the division after their big win on the road against Green Bay this past week. They still are seven and seven. They're tied with the Saints right now for the division lead, but they hold the tiebreaker with the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints right now are on the outside looking in as a whole. They don't lead the division. And they're also do not have a tiebreaker over the Rams and Vikings. So, and the say in the Seahawks as well. They're currently the ninth seed in the NFC. But look at the last three games for Tampa Bay. They're home against Jacksonville this week. It will not be an easy game considering Jacksonville has a lot to play for right now. Then on New Year's Eve, they play the Saints, and that very well could be for the NFC South division as it is. And then they play Carolina to end the year. So, Tampa Bay still has. Some very tough games upcoming for them. For the Saints, they play the Rams on Thursday night. That's a huge game considering where those two teams are currently slated in the standings that I mentioned. The Rams right now have the last wild card. The Saints are on the outside looking in. And then, as I mentioned, they're going to Tampa on New Year's Eve. And then they go to play Atlanta the final week of the season. And if Atlanta had not lost to Carolina, they would also be tied for the division lead at 7-7. Seven and seven. But they lost that game. They go to 6-8 and eight in the season. They're going back to Taylor Heineke this week against the Colts. They have to play the Colts, as I mentioned, and then they go to Chicago and then to end the year with New Orleans. So the Falcons will need a miracle, in my opinion, to make the to win the division. That's probably that's pretty much the, I think the only way they can get into the playoffs. I think any wild card spot for them is pretty much out of the question. No, they can still get a wild card. It's just probably next to impossible. They gotta win all three of their games. Yeah. That, because if that magic number is nine, they have to win every single game they end the season. Yeah, listen, and it's still possible. It's just highly unlikely because Tampa Bay, like you said, they play the Saints, which they probably should win, and that they should play be the for the that should be for the division. I think the Bucks and Saints game on New Year's Eve most likely is going to be for the division. I, I would agree with that. Um, the Rams, as I mentioned, they currently hold the last wild card in the NFC after their win over the uh, the, the uh, Commanders this past week. They will play the Saints on Thursday. Then they go to the Giants on New Year's Eve. And then they go to the Niners to end the season. So the Rams, it's not going to be easy to end the season for them if they want to make the postseason. Um, I think it really is going to depend on what happens for the Niners. Because if the Niners have everything clinched up by Week 18, maybe they rest their starters in that game. Maybe the Rams have an opportunity to take advantage of that and sneak into the playoffs. But... This game on Thursday is going to be huge between them and New Orleans because I think realistically, that could you could really make the case that whoever wins this game most likely makes the playoffs as, as a whole. Man, there's so much for stake right now. I'm excited. I can't wait to see the end of this. Um, only time can really tell. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. And then the last two teams I'll talk about will be the Seahawks and the Packers. Um, the Seahawks, they have to play at Tennessee this week. Then they go to then they go back home to take on the Steelers on New Year's, and then they go to the Cardinals to end the season. So 
I would say, pretty winnable games for Seattle to end their year. Being the Eagles was monumental for this team because it not only kept you at 500, but it gives you a chance to now finish the season with potentially 10 wins, and that could definitely get you in to the playoffs in the NFC this season. So the Seahawks need to take advantage of these final three games and make sure they get back into the playoffs. What a time to be alive that we're talking about um, a couple of teams. I think all these teams have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs, some greater than others. But at the end of the day, which two do you think are going to make it besides the Eagles slash Cowboys? We know that that's they're locked in. They're guaranteed. What two so, do you have are going to make it? So we're, we're, we're guessing which, who's going to be the final two wild card teams? Yes. Who? Out of the NFC. I would go with Seattle. I think being the Eagles was huge because I think if you get Drew Locke, um, even if it's Drew Locke or if you get Geno Smith back fully healthy, I think because of who you're playing the last three weeks, you should win. If you I would agree fault, with that. If you falter in any of those games, you don't really deserve to make it at that point because you, you beat one of the best teams in the NFL, even if they're frauds or not. You, that was mm-hmm. a huge win for the Seahawks last night on Monday night. I think Seattle makes one of them. And then the second wild card. I'm going off the Rams. Uh, I think they beat Big Blue. I think they uh, think they I win the week after that, and I think they uh, I think the Niners rest their starters, and they have a chance against them. I think it's going to be the Saints. I because I don't think the Vikings make it because the only reason the Vikings could make it is if if the Lions beat them this week. The Lions are pretty much going to be a scenario where they might not be playing for anything in Week 18 when they meet up again. So the Vikings maybe take advantage of that, but they still have to go. They still have to beat the Packers, which won't be easy because they've had some struggles against the Packers. And for the Rams, I, I listen. I know I, it could be biased. I still could see them losing that game to the Giants. They shouldn't lose, but I could see them losing because they're going into MetLife. Who knows? We saw the Packers just recently lost to them. I think anything is possible at this rate when it comes to the NFL. And they still have to play the Niners. And if the Niners are fighting for home field advantage that final week of the season then the Niners are going to be playing every single player. So that could really hurt the Rams at the end of the day. And I, as much as it sucks to say, I think there's realistic a realistic shot that there's going to be two NFC South teams in the playoffs this season, which... Yeah, it's definitely possible, which shouldn't, it shouldn't be possible. It but... shouldn't have been possible, but it is possible at this point. But like I said, next week, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to do this all over again, Johnson, because... I'm sure no matter what the outcomes are this week, there's still going to be a a bunch of scenarios that happen going into week, well, going into this week in week 16, going into week 17. Okay, and I think with that being said, we're ready for our week 16 edition of the Mushing Hour. Yes, we are. And what a team, uh, what a game to get to start off with, with two of the teams hoping for playoffs like we just went over for the last 15 minutes. We have the New Orleans, New Orleans Saints, excuse me, uh, at Los Angeles to take on the Rams. It is Thursday night football. Line is Rams minus four, and the over under is forty six and a half. I'm gonna say Rams minus four. I've kind of already given my um, my analysis early on. I think they're this is a team that's gonna make the playoffs, and I think they'll beat the Saints to kind of start to solidify that. I'm gonna go Saints plus four. I mean, I made my reasoning. I think they right now are still under the division. I think they have to win this game because if they lose this game and give the Buccaneers a chance to win on Sunday against Jacksonville, that the Saints will have to win against Tampa. They're going to have to win either way to win the division, but 
it will at least give the Saints an opportunity to be tied going into that game with Tampa. So I think the Saints pulled this one out, but I'm going to take them to cover at least for now. All righty, then. With our second game, we have the Cincinnati Bengals on the road taking on the Seals, the first of two Saturday night games, or Saturday day games, excuse me. Cincinnati minus two and a half point favorites, and the over-under slate at a scorching 36 and a half. Give me Cincy minus two and a half. I'm a big believer in Mason Rudolph, but he's not going to get it done. I think Mike Tomlin, spoiler alert, finishes with his first losing season ever. I, I agree with you. I'm going with Cincinnati, but I'm going to go minus three. I think that extra half is going to be very crucial. Uh, maybe it hurts me. Maybe it doesn't uh, doesn't hurt me at the end of the day. Alternative let's, spread, albeit by only a little bit. No, let's face facts. The Steelers have been playing some really bad football. They lost to the Cardinals, the Patriots. Now they just lost to the Colts. They have to play the Bengals, who are playing for a playoff spot, the Seahawks, who are playing for a playoff spot, and the Ravens, who are playing for a potential home field advantage in the AFC. There's a strong chance they they go from a record of seven and four to losing six straight games to end the season. I think it's very possible that happens. I don't see them winning this game against the Bengals, but keep in mind that's all. It's the only Jake Browning loss that's happened so far during this run for Cincinnati. So maybe the Steelers pull it out. Ooh, you think the Steelers can actually do it? No, I, I Cincinnati should win, but I'm saying the only loss Jake Browning's had so far during his run as starting quarterback has been against the Steelers team. That was Steelers' gotcha, last gotcha. win. Ah, that's that's pretty bad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, four dollars a pound. Let's go on to the next game. <laughs> Easy. We have the Buffalo Bills at home in uh, in the Chargers Stadium in beautiful sunny Los <laughs> Angeles on Saturday because there would be no Chargers fans there. Ha ha ha! Shout out Aaron. Um, He's happy Bills, at least. Minus eleven favorites. Forty three and a half is a slated over under. Give me Bills minus eleven. It's going to be a, a Morgan there, and. By morgue, I mean it's going to be nothing but Bills fans. Uh, I'd be shocked if it if, the, if it was a 90-10 split, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I just don't see how Buffalo loses this game. Uh, the Chargers have a backup quarterback playing. They just gave up 63 points. You're hoping maybe they don't give up that many points against Buffalo. I don't think it will be. I, I mean, for their sake, I hope it's not going to be like that again. But Buffalo should win this game. There's no reason they should not win this game. They're fighting for not only a playoff spot, for, but for a potential division title. They have to win. If they lose the game, they're out of the playoffs. Do you think it actually happens? Do you think if they're they, going to be out of If they lose the game, there, there's no chance to make the playoffs. There's no I, way. I know. That's why it's, it, it, uh, it's such it's you high don't, stakes. I'm sorry. You don't deserve to make the playoffs if you lose to this Chargers team. You don't. I agree. Yeah. No, now, you... with, now with their current formatted team and a backup, and now an interim head coach, you can't lose to them. Yep, I agree. This is a must-win for Buffalo, and it's uh, it's okay to have must-wins must in the middle of December. That's what all teams want at this all point. All I'm going to say is I'm very concerned they might not cover um, because the last time they played a backup was, I remember, Tyrod Taylor, and he kept the Giants in the game, and that was a really ugly game. You're hoping Buffalo, you know, Buffalo since then has been really good offensively, so you would hope that that's not going to happen again. But, yeah, they, they, can't, they can't lose this game. They cannot lose this game. It's all or nothing for them. Okay. With that being said, the next game we have are the, uh, as I say, as I say, Buffalo Browns and Cincinnati Browns, the Cleveland Browns on the road going into Houston, Texas to take on the Texans. Houston at home, minus two point favorites. 41 and a half is the sleeve over under. Still no word on CJ Stroud. Give me Browns plus two. I'm a believer in Joe Flacco. 
And I don't think Davis uh, Mills has it in him. Now, Johns, I should have asked you when we were doing the uh, picture for the for the NFC. We made our predictions for that. Do you have a prediction who makes the final two for the AFC? Uh, no, because that's a lot more wide open than the NFC. I think the okay. NFC is kind of more close. Uh, it's like a shut case, while the AFC still has a lot of variables. Yeah, there's still yeah, there's still a lot. Of, there's there's the vision leaders that potentially could make playoffs. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, 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 well. We'll re-engage this conversation next week. Like, we're, we're, realistically, we're talking about probably six to maybe seven teams that can make the playoffs in the AFC when it's like four in the NFC. Like I said, the Raiders are still technically not eliminated. Even the Chargers yeah. are still not technically eliminated just yet. Yeah, so I don't talk to me about those playoffs. Give me a week or so. Okay, that's fair. Um, For this game-wise, I think it's all to come down to if Stroud plays. If Stroud plays, I think the Texans have a really good chance to win. But the Browns' biggest reason they've been winning these games the last couple weeks, and I know Flacco's been good, but I've been saying all year, Johnson, their defense has been unbelievable. They're a top-five unit right now. They're a huge reason why they're 9-5. and five. And this is a big game for both teams. Obviously, the Browns hold the wild card spot. The Texans are on the outside looking in. They can't afford to lose. I just don't see how they stop this Browns pass rush. I'm going to go Cleveland plus two. I'm going to go Cleveland money line, actually, in this one. Cleveland money line? Living on the edge. Yeah, I think the Browns picked this. I think the Browns are playing with a lot of momentum right now. As much as I would love to see the Texans in the playoffs, I just don't see them being the Browns unless they have Stroud. If Stroud plays, it could be a different story. But without Stroud, they have no chance. Okay, that being said, the next game we have on our slate, on our Sunday slate, excuse me, the Detroit, the Detroit, Detroit. Lions. I am struggling. Excuse me today. <laughs> The Detroit Lions on the road going cross-state to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Not too far from home, but kind of far from home. Detroit uh, on the road, minus three and a half point favors. 46 and a half is the slated over-under. Give me Vikings plus three and a half because this would be a game by Detroit keeps it close for no reason. So it's a divisional game. These are kind of hard to predict. So they always seem to come down to a last-minute touchdown or field goal. So give me Vikings plus three and a half. That plus and a half is very concerning because I can see the Lions win this game by a field goal. Um, but listen, the Lions are in my good graces. I I was, you know, a, a big hater against I, – I used to be a stand for Dan Campbell. Then I became a hater. And then after Saturday, I became a stand once again of Dan Campbell. Uh, so he's in my good graces right now. But being that as it may, I think Detroit – Gets this done. I'm going to go minus three. Again, a, another alternate spread of a half a point that I'm taking. So I'm not really playing too dangerously this week other than the Cleveland Monday night game. But I think the Lions get it done. I just don't know if the Vikings have a chance with Nick Mullins. I, he kept them in the game against the Bengals. I think the Lions coming off that game against Denver, there's, you kind of saw the team that the Lions fans have been hoping for for pretty much all this season. A lot of good offense. The defense playing really good. I think you get that again in this one. I think Detroit finally clinches their first NFC North division title this week. What a nice story. I hope it happens. The next game we have is the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road going into Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay at home is a minus one point favorite and the slated over under is 43 and a half. I think this game that the Jacks can win. So if you can give me Jags and the points, give me Jags plus one. How crazy to think, Johnson. Going into the season, if you looked at this game, Jacksonville is probably a five-point favorite, maybe a six-point favorite going into yeah. the year. 
But the tides have turned for Jacksonville. As I mentioned, they've lost three straight games. The Buccaneers are on themselves a little bit of a winning streak, and they lead the NFC South right now. But I think Jacksonville, they can't afford to lose right now. They have too much talent on this team. Their defense has not really been playing great this season. The offense looked really bad on Sunday against the Ravens. You're hoping that's just because of how good Baltimore's defense has been this year. I think the Jaguars get it done. I'm going to go ballsy again. I'm going to take Jacksonville money line. I don't know if it's too ballsy considering it's plus one, but I think the Jaguars end this skid, get a huge win in Tampa, even though it's kind of essentially a home game for both these teams. Kind of a home game, not really a home game. Eh, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay, the next game, we have the my Dallas Cowboys going into Miami to take on the Dolphins. Dolphins at home, minus one and a half point favorite, slated over over under 51 and a half, the highest of all these games. Give me Cowboys plus one and a half. They're going to recover. They're going to be playing in a non-monsoon type game. And still no stats on Tyreek Hill. Uh, Dallas secondary is very good, and not having him to kind of stretch that secondary out. Um it's it's gonna it's gonna cost them. So I think it's more contingent on if Tyreek plays. But give me Cowboys plus one and a half as of right now. This is a this is a fun game, Johnson, because these are two teams that have the notion of not beating any teams this season. We we talked about both of these teams a, a lot this year, in which they haven't had a really impressive win, and they're both right now ten, have ten plus wins on the season, and now they play each other. So this would by far be their best win of the season, no matter who pulls out the win this week. Um, here's what I, here's what I think is going to happen. Tyreek, I think will play, but I don't think that's the reasoning the Dolphins win this game. Uh, Miami minus one and a half is going to be my pick. I think we saw something concerning for Dallas in that game on Buffalo. They couldn't stop the run as a whole. And that really is concerning for them. Considering look at some of the teams in the NFC playoffs this year in terms of running CMC, you got the Eagles with Hurts and Swift. You have the Lions with Montgomery and Gibbs. Now you're facing this Dolphins team who has Devin Achan. They have Raheem Mostert who has 19 rushing touchdowns on the season or 20. I don't. I think it's 18 actually maybe on the season. So they're facing a two-headed monster this week in terms of running game. If they get Tyreek Hill back, that's huge for them as well. It gives Tua a chance to – give him some yardage. And we saw what even without Tyreek Hill this past week, Jalen Waddle had a monster game against the Jets. I have Miami minus one and a half picking out the win. And maybe that's because I don't want the Cowboys to win, but I also just don't want to see them having a big win in December. I want to see the Miami Dolphins pull this one out. All righty, then uh, we're rooting for opposite outcomes. Cool. Yeah. Um, Christmas Eve, Sunday Night Football, we have the New England Patriots going on the road, take on the Broncos. Broncos at home, minus seven-point favorites, over under slate at 34.5. Give me Pats plus seven. I don't know why. Just <laughs> oh, give me no. Pats plus seven. Oh, no. No, you're not doing this to yourself. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it to myself. Uh, This... I mean, the Bronco fans, I, I think we're hoping that they didn't have to play on Christmas Eve considering what happened last year on Christmas. Um, Denver has to win. They cannot afford to lose. A loss pretty much eliminates them from the playoff picture. A win gives them still a sl- still gives them a chance of making the postseason this year. Um, what do you? I mean, what do you even pick for this game? I mean, 
I I picked some some of the games against I picked New England to either either cover or win. I think they've lost in every time I picked them to cover or win the game. Did you pick them to cover? Uh, well, yeah, because you want you want them to lose. Correct. Uh, I'm gonna go Denver minus seven. I don't trust it. I hate the pick. It's probably going to lose, and New England probably will cover. But Denver can't afford to lose right now. They have no. They have to win this game. And with that being said, we have our final three games all on Christmas Day, Monday night football question mark or Monday day football. One game at one, one game at four thirty, one game at eight. So Christmas Day has can be filled with the with football because it couldn't keep it. They couldn't let the NBA have anything, and Roger Goodell's money hungry. And they doesn't want players to enjoy their Christmas or their Thanksgiving this year. I'm not gonna enjoy my Christmas. I can tell you that. <laughs> Oh boy! Speaking of of Christmas, yeah, let's talk yeah, about, let's go into the schedule. Yeah. The first game we have our one o'clock game. We have the Las Vegas Raiders going into Arrowhead Stadium, taking on the Chiefs of Kansas City. Kansas City at home minus ten point favorites. Forty one and a half is the slated over under. Give me Raiders plus ten. Patrick Holmes isn't it? Uh, Jordan loves to look like a better quarterback than him the last f- four or five games. So is Danny DeVito. Said Danny DeVito. Tommy DeVito. That's the second straight week you've done that. (laughs) Listen, the only DeVito I really recognized up until this point was Uh, Danny DeVito. So it's going to take me a little bit to get used to Tommy DeVito. I corrected uh, myself, but. You You caught yourself. Oh, that sounds great. Um, Yeah, can't say minus 10. Uh, The Raiders, it would be nice if they maybe pull off an upset and keep themselves alive in the playoff race. Chiefs get the win. They pretty much. Seal up the division in the AFC West this year, and I guess keep themselves alive for the one seed, even though they're probably not going to get it. But Chiefs should not lose this game. The second game we have is oh, the boy. premier game of this uh, of this day. Definitely yeah, not okay. the next one. We have the New York Football yeah. Giants, Go Big Blue, taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, uh. going into the link into Philadelphia, uh, into the depths of hell. Uh, Philadelphia is a minus 12 point favorite at home. 42 and a half is the slated over under. With that being said, give me giants to cover. Give me big blue plus 12. I hate you so much. I hate you so much. What I do. This is, it's such a funny season that we're having Johnson. The giants right now, if the season ended today, would be picking seventh in the NFL draft or sixth in the NFL draft, but there's still a slim chance they can make the playoffs this year. And there's still a chance they can even pick in the top two in the NFL draft. That's the year we're having this year. The Giants can either be a top two pick in the NFL draft, can be picking top ten in the NFL draft, or could actually make the postseason as a whole. I, I don't get it as as it is. Only but, time will tell. But they played a they had a really bad game against the Saints. Um, their pass their after a really good game pass blocking against the Packers, they gave up I think seven or six sacks against the Saints this past Sunday. That's really concerning. You're now facing the Eagles, who, as I mentioned earlier on, they've lost three straight games. They need to win right now. They're trying to fight for a division title. They'll play the Giants once again on the final week of the season. I'm going to tell you right now, Johnson, I saw this game in the regular season when they first announced it, and I immediately groaned because I knew Christmas was going to be ruined for me. And I still have that notion that Christmas is going to be ruined for me. I have the Eagles minus 12, so I'm hoping I mush myself. All righty, then. And this is the game I've been circling for weeks at this point, probably five or six weeks. Potential, even though... potential Super Bowl uh, preview. Yeah. Uh, we have the Baltimore Ravens going into Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers. 
49ers on Christmas Day, Monday Night Football, primetime, standalone game. San Francisco minus four and a half point favorites at home over under mm-hmm. sleeve at 46 and a half. Give me Niners minus five and a half. Anyone who's been listening to me knows how I, how much I like this Niners team. And give me Niners not only to win, but to cover. I, I'm i very much looking forward to this game. And I think you you have so many good playmakers playing. Lamar, CMC, Debo, Ayuk, Odell, uh, Zay Flowers. Like just overall, you have a great collection of talent playing this game. The defense is also two of the top five defenses you could you could mention in the NFL. Um, that's why I'm not really you know thrilled about pick, picking the over under. I think I think it's tough to pick an over under for this game because you can make the case for both of them. So I think gonna go also with San Francisco minus five and a half. Um, these are two of the hottest teams of football. I just think the Niners are playing a different style of football that which I don't know if anyone can really stop them right now. If Bo- I'll tell you this though, Johnson, if Baltimore beats them in this game, that says a lot more about Baltimore this season, and really they should be looked at as the, maybe the team to dethrone the Niners in the Super Bowl if these two teams meet once again. I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, don't really have any much more to say on this uh, this week's of the Mushing Hour. And before I guess we wrap up, do you have anything else to say about uh, this week or the upcoming games? I hope I mush the Eagles and the Giants pull up the biggest Christmas miracle of all time. And then you wake up. Uh, it's not going to happen, but Johnson, just think of how badly Eagle fans will feel the, the day after Christmas if the Giants were to somehow pull this off. I, will, I mean, it, it will beat anything. I, like That would be my Super Bowl this year if the Giants pull this off. It's not going to happen, but if they do it, it's hey, going to you're, you're be hilarious. Yeah, it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, I know. It's it's uh, my American dream will go into an American nightmare. You like you like what I did there? Uh, I'm not going to read you a Christmas story like someone else did last night on Monday Night Raw. I think it's time to wrap up the show after that. <laughs> I think that's what we'll do here on the All Cast No Free Sports Show. We're going to wrap this one up. Week 15 is in the books. We're now heading into week 16. And the playoff picture you think is pretty much uh, pretty much clear at this point. Not so much at the moment. Who knows what's going on? Who knows who's going to make it at this point? We're probably going to be here on the show next week, Johnson, and we probably still won't know who's going to make the playoffs. Yep. That's how this season has been in the NFL, and I'm sure it's only going to get wilder here in these final three weeks of the regular season. This has been Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your week, and Merry Christmas to everyone here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show.